Hey, what's going on guys? Uh, I just wanted to let you know that for this interview, I had to cut a bunch of the video. Uh, it started cutting out in the call. So there's some cuts in the video. If you notice that, please don't let it distract you too much. I tried to cut it so that the conversation still flowed. Uh, but unfortunately for this call, there, there were a couple cuts that had to be made. So on this interview, I interview Sean Glassman. He is the founder of Consulting Confidant. And this is a company that trains people on how to get ready for consulting interviews. So I hope you enjoy the interview and sorry again for uh, any of the cuts you notice in the video. If you don't mind, I'm going to just jump into these questions. Let's do it. Okay. So the first one is Consulting Confidant. Could you talk about what that is and why you started it? Yeah, sure. So Consulting Confidant is a platform for helping uh, lead and help aspiring consulting, uh, aspiring management consultants prepare for their case interview. So it initially started with mainly connecting these people with people who actually used to work in those firms to help them with their case interviews. Um, from there, we've been growing quite a bit. Um, we have that line. We actually have a practical case interview course, which is mainly just watching someone go through the case interview process and then getting the feedback and seeing like the real time, uh, real time information as they go through it and getting like real tips, like actually in the context of a case interview. And then we've been actually looking into different partnerships to grow it even more. Um, one thing that's we're currently integrating to the site is resume reviews as well as a partnership with a uh, math course, which is uh, really exciting. So basically the main core of it is to help people prepare for case interviews for consulting. And the biggest thing I'd say our differentiator is a pretty, uh, it's a pretty competitive space, if you will, considering how small it is. Our big differentiator is that it's very accessible and fun. Mm -hmm. um, kind of a, I've kind of a wacky sense of humor. So I like to put that into our content as much as possible. Cause for people that it resonates with, it makes it a lot more watchable because it can be a pretty intense recruiting process. Yeah. Yeah. I think consulting is definitely a notoriously intense uh, recruiting process. So yeah, I yeah. saw some of your videos and it's nice. They take a more, more relaxed approach to you know, getting what is otherwise super serious process trained up for that so yeah i mean i think one of the big challenges of recruiting for consulting and like learning case interviews it's a lot of really new things a lot of a new it's not only new content it's like a new way of approaching problems and problem solving mm -hmm. and as you're cutting through a lot of like the nuance and the jargon of how to go about that we like to take those things and then break them down and portray it in a very accessible way like for example frameworks are highly it's on the surface, like a very complex way to solve problems. But at the end of the day, it's doing things that a lot of us do very naturally in certain circumstances. So it's taking that and you might read something that's like very complex and very tricky and saying, no, actually like you have a lot of the fundamental skills to do this. Mm -hmm. And here's how it's related to something as simple and straightforward as like how you would pick a restaurant on where to eat and like actually just take that and then morph it into applying to a business problem. Yes. Yeah. So taking kind of like that, that problem solving heuristic from your everyday life, people that people can relate to this more complex consulting. Exactly. Right. Yes. So that's kind of actually, I wasn't going to ask this, but do you think there's a lot of stuff people can take from consulting? Cause I know they have a very analytical problem solving process. Is there anything you can take from that? If you're, you know, getting into these, some of these new media channels, like what you're using now for consulting confidant, you know, YouTube, Facebook, so you're saying like the consulting problem solving toolkit and applying it to uh, like startups, applying it to, you said new media, just kind of like marketing in like new uh, like media channels. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. Growing startups or growing a media channel. Do you think there's any translation there? Like any use you get oh, out of sure. all that? Okay. Yeah. 
That's a great point. And I think one of the big things about the consulting problem solving toolkit is it's extremely hypothesis based. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about it, if you're coming in as a new consultant, even in someone who's been in consulting for a little while, you might be in a new industry, a new function, a company you have no ex- prior experience with, and you're like parachuted in and now you have to like add real value. Mm-hmm. And especially now, like you can't just talk in a lot of like broad theory, abstract frameworks. Like you need to come in and like in a week, two weeks often and say like, here's our plan. Here's how we're going to do this. And like get a lot of trust from the client and add a lot of value. Mm-hmm. And like you might take a step back. And if you don't, if you're not familiar with this process, how on earth could you do that in like a week, two weeks? Yeah. And one of the big key things is that consultants learn to do is be extremely hypothesis based. Mm-hmm. Take all these things that you've learned previously and make a lot of hypotheses about the industry and kind of instead of reading, you know, thousands of pages and you know hours and hours of video to learn all about that industry, like you do that too, but you're saying, okay, let's break down the problem into its component parts. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a hypothesis about each one of these different pieces. I'm going to test that hypothesis and then I'm going to use that and adapt and get to a point in which like I have a much better understanding of the world yeah. and it's a much faster way to get to an answer. Mm-hmm. And I think especially marketing and growing a startup is very similar right? You have to put forth a hypothesis. Here's my hypothesis. Here's why I think that. And if this were true, here's what I would expect to see. Mm-hmm. And then you go ahead and you like do some kind of test in the startup world, like a minimum viable product or like testing a new marketing channel and saying, okay, I expect to see these type of metrics in terms of conversion or what have you. And then you like see if that works in the real world. And like that type of thinking of seeing the world as like dynamic and seeing uh, kind of investigating the world through starting with a hypothesis mm-hmm. is that you use in consulting. I mean, obviously it's came out of the science world, but like applying like business problems is a very big part of consulting. And I think it's a really great, um, great way to approach startups and growing. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I know in, in startup marketing and growth marketing, as they call it, uh, you know, that's a huge thing, making a yeah. hypothesis, testing it, like shortening the cycle time. And uh, that's interesting though, because it's like such a, you know, in consulting, it's, it's, it's not a new thing. <laughs> it's been around, so... Right. I actually didn't know that. That's interesting to hear that. Yeah. And and it makes intuitive sense, right? Because like if you're faced with some really complex problem, you know, Mm -hmm. here's some company that's struggling. How can they grow? How are they going to turn it all around? And you're like, how much time do we have for this? Oh, we have like six weeks to do this Mm -hmm. and a team of like four people and two of them like just graduated, like one who's graduated from undergrad (laughs) and one like I've been out of my business school class for six months. And before that I was like an engineer, like how on earth can we do this? And obviously you work with the team and there's plenty of people who have like a ton of industry experience who are like making sure that the project goes forward and there's like a ton of value to be added. But at the end of the day, you're coming in as like uh, almost not necessarily an expert on that industry. And there are people who are, are experts in that industry that can help, but yeah. you're going to be an expert in like breaking down the problem. And it's like, oh, you've been struggling in this industry. Uh, my hypothesis is that it's this. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to go look for data and objective ways to understand if this is true or not and see if like, if this were true, this is what we'd expect to see. And then you kind of like move and iterate and you're like kind of building up this like really strong mental model and understanding of the industry and also being very focused on like, what can you actually do? And yeah. that, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I did that a lot with consulting confidant. I think when I first started, I think there were two main paths of testing and one was what we actually are and what we do. Mm-hmm. And then the second part was how to go to market. And I'm going to go to market side. I started with Google ads and yeah. that like, I might as well just took, taking that money and just lit it on fire. It got like absolutely nothing. And it wasn't until, yeah, it wasn't until like I started to build like the content from like the the blog and also start building up the YouTube channel was when we started to get like actual traction. Yep. Yep. 
That's interesting. So when you say, can you define that for people? Cause I've heard that and I actually have never had that well defined for me. Can you define what you mean by the go to market side of your you know, business business process? Yeah. I mean, I think of, you know, you have like your product, like, or your services. It's like, okay, this is my offering, right? This is what we do to provide like value to our customers. But when I think of go to market, I think of that as one, like, how are people going to discover you? Like, how do they even know about, like, there might be some really cool website that is like very, very similar to me. And like, I don't, I don't know, like maybe some, like one of my customers don't know about that. So it's like, how do people become aware of it? Mm-hmm. I think the second part of it is as they become aware of it, how do they like think about that versus comparing to all of their other options, mm-hmm. all their other options in terms of like different competitors in the space, but also the other options of not even maybe even using a competitor, right? Like mm-hmm. preparing for interviews for a consultant, you don't have to use a site like Consulting Confidant. There are plenty of people who've done really, really well. <laughs> just like read a book, read a couple articles, show up to the interview and just rock the interview. Just and they're both good. Yeah. yeah. But it's like kind of like laying out that, like how are we positioned versus your other alternatives? And then I even say the third part is like giving someone the confidence that like this solves the problem that they have in a good mm-hmm. way. And uh, I think I wrap that partially all into the go to market strategy. It's like kind of, how letting people know that you exist, letting them know that you solve their problem and letting people know that you solve their problem in a way like using the dimensions that they care about. Mm -hmm. Right. Somebody might look at our content and be like, it's a little bit too silly for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I don't want to sit and watch someone do a case. I just want the theory. I just want someone to explain, give me like five frameworks that I can put on my pocket. Sorry. Oh, how to do the case. Yeah, give me like kind of like a checklist. I mean, we have stuff like that too, but like, I don't want to do it. And, and if that's how they want to approach it, like I see go to market as saying, okay, cool. Like that's, this is what we're about. If that's not what you want. And like, like there are plenty of people who will give you what you want, but this is kind of how we're positioned. And like, here's where we're good for you. And here's where we're not good for you. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. And the whole, whole process of trying to figure that out. Um, so, so when you were, I want to go back a little to when you were just thinking about this idea, cause I feel like this is a really valuable part for a lot of people. Mm. How did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? And then how did you know you were going to be successful with this idea? Sure. Um, I would say for me, for being an entrepreneur and doing like my entire life, I've been the kind of person who would see either one of two things would happen. Either one, I would come up with some crazy idea of wouldn't it be cool if, and that, that is something that just like, I will never be able to turn off even if I wanted to. Yeah. Always yeah. thinking of different, what's the new thing. I think the second thing is like seeing, seeing things of how they exist and always asking like, why is it that way? And couldn't there be a better way? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of early in my consulting career, not at BCG, there was, I worked in an economic consulting firm and there was like really brilliant PhD economists. I went to do all this really wonderful analysis. And then at some point you have to turn this analysis in Excel and like Stata that we were using and put it into PowerPoint. Yep. Yes. And Another there way. were like hundreds of charts and you have to, people would have to sit there and like actually do copying and pasting and like yeah. changing assumptions from the Excel model. Yeah. And it would take hours <laughs> to do that. That's ridiculous. It was wild to see like literally like the night before, like working till like one, two o'clock in the morning, Jesus. seeing like PG economists and other like really, really, really smart people like doing this like, like control C, control V. And like we had a good process. It was like control C, press like alt tab to go to the PowerPoint, then control V. But like it was kind of ridiculous. That's painful. 
I remember seeing that and I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and I remember talking to the people who were more senior than I was like, well, this is just the way it is. Yeah. I, like, I don't know about that. So I don't I learned, know if it has to be. Yeah. It doesn't. So I learned like, yeah. I was like, all right, I want to learn visual basic. Cause I like did some research really this thing mm-hmm. called visual basic. And yeah. And cool to do that, to actually automate yeah. the entire process. A little VBA script. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's like yeah. kind of obvious, but like at the time it just, they were like, when, when was this? When was this? I want to date this ring, but when was this? It was, uh, it would have been 2007. Uh, wow, okay. So not too long ago. Yeah. So I mean, VBA was a thing. Like we were mm-hmm. using SAS, we we're using Stata. There were like a lot of really great tools out there, mm-hmm. but often like people in one area who aren't thinking about problems in a certain way, like if there were software developers at our company, they'd be like, what is going on? This will take two seconds to fix, mm-hmm. but we weren't, right? We were econ- people were mainly economists. Yeah. So it's kind of, they were familiar with the tools that they were familiar with. So anyway, that's a, that's a long way to say that like, the kind of person who would see a problem and or seeing it, even if it wasn't a problem, even a way something was done and saying, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this. Um, on your second question, like, how did I know it was going to be successful? I definitely didn't. In fact, that was not what I initially set out to do. Um, yeah. To kind of be this like iterative uh, hypothesis-based driven model, I initially started it as I wanted to be like, it was actually more focused on giving people a good way to assess the culture of different companies. Yeah. Right. It is so hard when you join a company to know what like the real day to day actually looks like. It's really, really hard. No one tells you. And also like, even if you ask questions in the recruiting process, like they're judging you, you're judging them. Yeah. There's like no way to know. So the initial idea was like, what if there's a way you could like these like double blind conversations for people to like assess the culture of the company. Mm -hmm. So I like, had this idea, I think I might've called it career insider, like insight, like, like an ins, like a flash of insight. Yeah. And, uh, basically like use like the GoDaddy website tool builder thing for like $5 a month, put that together, put some Google ads together and like no traction. Like some people came and like poked around yeah. and, uh, but I kept it like super, super cheap. And I was yeah. like, okay, maybe if I can do this at a much more narrow scale, cause it was like really hard to understand exactly what it was. So yeah, yeah. then I iterated to like, consulting so now we're like consulting interviews and got like a little bit more like interest mm-hmm. and then it was like okay we are like preparing you for your consulting interviews kind of refine like what the pitch was put a little bit more content out there to like show our credibility in the space and then once i did that then it started to really take off so i never knew what was going to be successful it was really a matter of like i'm going to test this at like comically low cost yeah. like it was like the, mm-hmm. like the GoDaddy thing was like super cheap and then i moved to wordpress which is a 65 dollar premium theme yeah but you have like basic hosting a basic domain but like you get something up and running for less than and you know a couple hundred dollars and that's you're ready to go yeah yeah it's pretty it's, it is pretty you, test, you can test up you still hear me or not hello yeah i can still hear you Hello? Can you still hear me? Uh, Hello? Are you back? Uh, I can still hear you. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> cool, I can, I can edit that out. Zoom is pretty awesome uh, software. It just keeps rolling the recording. Hello? 
Yeah, yeah. It was kind of it slowed down for a second. I think we might be back in business though. Are you are you there? Yeah, I, I can hear you. I, I was just saying Zoom's pretty good. It, it just keeps rolling with the recording, so I can just edit this out. Cool. That works. Cool. So I'll roll into the next one. Sorry about that. Um. So. So my next question then is, you started this. How how did you exactly test it for consulting confidant? Did you just run some ads too to the new site and see that people were you know, signing up and interested, or how did you test consulting confidant? Yeah. So first thing, I first started with some Google ads. Um, that really didn't get a lot of traction. The next thing, where I actually the really great way to jumpstart it was, I reached out to a number of consulting clubs and said, hey here's what we're all about. Here's what we're doing. And like, here's a really great deal that if you were going to give this to your, uh, your students, your club members, then we'll give them a good access to it. So here's the pitch and here's like a really cool deal. And a few of them were like, yeah, it sounds awesome. We'll send it out to our consulting club. Cause that was where it's the good thing is like, we knew, ex I mean, I know what the market was cause I recruited for consulting previously. So yeah. that was like a really good gate to get to get a couple partnerships to, to get that up and running. And that was really good. And, like pricing wise, it was like comically low price. It was like, yeah, it, it was, it was like a buy one, get one free deal where like essentially like, even though I was setting up with other people, I was like doing all these extra cases with people essentially for free just to like test out the idea and see like, are people getting, are people getting real value from this? Are they enjoying it? Is it cool? There was that. <clears throat> the next thing was, you know, I started doing a lot of research into like content marketing, what that's all about. I was like, all right, I got to make a blog. Yeah. So I started writing articles that were around different topics of interest that I think might pop up on SEO and also like genuinely give people a lot of value. Yeah. Um, I put a lot of time and effort into making like really, really good blog content and mm -hmm. not just like all um, things that might just like rank well, but things that like people can really engage on. Um, then the third thing was starting the YouTube channel and uh, coming up with like a wacky case idea. I think it's... <laughs> I don't know if you watched yeah. it. I watched the one with this like from the 1900s. Like, I don't know. I, yeah. like, I forget what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like Al Capone, which I called Hal Polka, yeah. which yeah, I don't yeah. know why I was worried of using the name Al Capone. Like maybe the <laughs> copyright. I don't know. Trademark infringement. You know? I didn't know. I, uh, so anyway, I call it Hal Polka. And like, and that was all that was like really fun. Cause um, I don't know. I remember there was like this old fake case interview from like Wharton. Like it was like Wharton Follies. It was like their like, uh, it was some like sketch comedy thing they had done about yeah. like a crazy case that they like, didn't really fit very well. Like it was just like absolute craziness. I was like, this was really funny and entertaining. Yeah. But, like, can I take this funny and entertaining stuff and just make it super valuable? And uh, that YouTube. was, that's kind of where that came. And then we started getting a lot more traction, a lot more, uh, a lot of people started finding the site. Okay. And now the good thing about building something like this is not only does it help them find the site, but also it like, it lets them know who, what you're all about. Yeah. Right. It's almost like they, they like, because it's like, uh, it's like coaching and mentoring and courses mm -hmm. by watching a video of you doing those things. It's like a really great try before you buy type of thing. And yeah, uh, yeah. people who liked it and wanted more then it's like, okay, maybe this does make sense for me to buy other people who are like super price sensitive, like cool. They watched it. They got some value out of it because they want to pay more money, but all right. Like we, we help them like, like, uh, Help them do well and like on a path of what they wanted to do in life and we're happy about that too yeah and i mean who knows they might recommend someone or you know tell yeah exactly about the resource so that's cool um and you, you just mentioned too that you got into the the online stuff that was actually a question i was going to ask 
I know like not everyone in traditional you know, business or even consulting has, has a huge range of knowledge in online customer acquisition. So how did you get into that? Like what did you read any blogs, books, courses? Like how did you learn about all that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was, it's just a lot, a lot of Googling and a lot of just being willing to try things out. I would just look at something and say like, okay, what's like my cost versus potential benefit. Right. If the cost was like less than 50 bucks, it was like a no brainer. I was like, all right, I'm just going to try this. Try it. Yeah. But I mean, I did a, uh, I think there was like, there was like a free course from HubSpot. It was like the HubSpot nice. like found marketing course. So I did yeah. that. There was a, a number of things on Udemy. I was a big fan on Udemy. Yeah. Um, every so often they have like, they're like 10 or $15 per course type of like sale going Specials, on. So yeah. I just wait for those things to pop up and then I just buy a bunch of like marketing courses. Um, those are the two biggest things of how I learned, like how I learned from like a theory perspective. And then I would say, all right, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And uh, these things kind of like build upon each other. Um, the one thing I would ask, like not ask, the add about it is sometimes like things just take time, right? Yeah. yeah. So you kind of have to temper that like approach of saying, oh, I'm going to try something. And then in two weeks, I expect to see these metrics. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, I'm going to like pull the plug on it. Yeah. Like I have to think and say, especially when it comes to like SEO or yeah. like things just take time to develop or time is a factor. So I just had to kind of take a step back and think about, um, kind of when was the right time to like really assess the success of something like well, for consulting confident, let's use that. How yeah. long was that from when you started it to when you got enough traction to the point where you knew that that was going to be something that was going to stick around? Yeah. I mean, so for, from a first I'll take from like a channel perspective, then from like a broad, a broader perspective, but for example, like SEO, like I started writing all these blog articles and like SEO was not very successful. And I, yeah. I, if I was, highly reactive on a short time scale, I might've said, all right, well, screw that. I'm not going to do blog articles. It's a waste of time. So from like an SEO perspective, it was, if I like reacted very quickly to not getting a lot of traction from like the SEO channel, mm -hmm. I might have like pulled the plug on the blog very early. However, like if you are like, I did a little bit more research on SEO and how Google ranks different websites. A big part of it is like the time with which like you've been around. Yeah. And then also like other sources have like linked back to you. And, and those things are just like things that time is a massive dimension in like those things happening, including like the time dimension. Yeah. So um, it was just a matter of keeping at it and not being overly reactive to the information. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of whether I knew that like consulting confidant would be something that would be like here to stay or like continue to add value is just continuing that like pipeline coming in and having those assets that like tell people who, what we're all about and that, bring people in that are interested. I mean, so if, you know, if tomorrow nobody like went to consulting confidant and there happened to be some new like 
business model where they like, I don't know, robots were like doing free case prep, and <laughs> like incorporate the best like of all like yeah. consultants, some robot that just does it like, then probably we'd be done, but yeah, you know, it'd be really cool. Um, be good for the so, practice, but yeah, good for the practice. Probably actually, if you could do that, then probably the entire consulting industry would have even a bigger disruption. So yeah, <laughs> I guess they wouldn't be reporting for the jobs. Yeah. That's that's a whole other thing. But, but yeah, it's, it's just being like open-minded, like seeing things, testing things, refining it. And um, I mean, a big moment for me was like the first like at arms of the paid customer. That mm-hmm. was that was awesome, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then just got more and more of those, and as that started coming in, you just say, "All right, I think like I've really hit upon something that." is providing real value to people. And uh, yeah, then you should keep, keep finding things that work and then keep doing more of it. Keep, yeah, keep accelerating the growth. So how long was that into the process when you got that first paying, paying customer after you started? Um, it would probably have been like a couple months. Okay. Yeah, the first couple months of like that first idea of like the career insider thing, like I had a number of calls with people, like calls of just like the free 15 minute, here's what we're all about. And that's actually a side thing that I personally just really like, especially yeah. when you have like a really idea yeah. because that's essentially free customer development interviews, right? Yeah. So you, yeah. That's a really great way to validate your idea and also like help them a lot. And like, you're starting to build that relationship and they might not be the right customer, but then they can go ahead and like forward that information to someone else. And I think that's actually how I got the first customer. The first customer was actually a referral. Referral, nice. And it was just someone who like knew about what we were doing and then kind of told someone else about it and they, they came in and did it. So that was the first one that was in a couple months. Um, the first one that like wasn't referral, it was like completely at arm's length. So I guess that, that was, so that was the first wave, that first person. Then the next wave was like all from those, uh, those uh, like the consulting clubs, like those referrals yeah. from the clubs. Yeah. The first one that came from like SEO or like YouTube channel, that was probably another like couple months. And that was cool. That was really fun to know. That is, was, yeah. An indirect channel actually came in and uh, that was awesome. And that was probably another, another month or two after like the first couple of months. That's not, that's not bad though. Still under six months to get a client straight from you know, online inbound. That's pretty, that's exciting. And so, so you offered this consulting. So the first ones you got like straight off the site and through referrals, was there a spot on the site that was like call for your free interview? Did you have a tab, like a, a pop-up? Like how did you get those people? Yeah. So it's funny. I think when when it first started, I don't think I had any e-commerce like integrated into the site. Um, It was just like a little, like on the bottom of the page was like, fill out your name and email and like, we'll get back to you. (laughs) And I remember like WooCommerce. It was like, oh, I can do e-commerce on here. Mm. And then it was just like, click this. And then like, you can pay via credit card and and get get everything set up. Um, So it was all like really, really simple. Um, You know, I think, I think a big challenge with a lot of people is when they're starting something, they want everything to be so perfect. You know, I want the product to be perfect. I want, and then, especially if you don't have a really strong technical background, you might ask some like developers who, you know, some of the, a lot of developers are going to be like thinking about like availability issues and like all of these like really like big, meaty, interesting issues for them mm-hmm. that aren't really going to be that relevant for you. Yeah. Right, they're going to be like, well, if you use this, then like this is going to be that scalable. So if you get like a million users, then like, and that's not going to work. So you really should like now like start like thinking about things, which yeah. is right, yeah, and it's fair. But like, think about like what you're really trying to do, mm-hmm. and 
that can like help you save a lot of money. I mean, for me, there's, I have another site called capacity tab, yeah. which is connects contract manufacturers and craft beer to craft breweries who need capacity. Oh, wow. And, uh, and that one's like a much more like intense site. You have to like, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. really niche, much more intense site that like has like a map and you have, like, there's like search criteria. Mm. And like, I had talked to all these different developers on how to put it together and they were like, you have to like, you know, you should do it in PHP with this. And the other guy's like, oh no, you should use Ruby. Yeah, very opinionated. Yeah, and then the end of the day, I used like a WordPress theme and like bought a bunch of plugins and was able to like re like reskin a, a theme that was more meant for like a Yelp like, uh, like a directory type website. Yeah, yeah. Reskin that around beer yeah. and then put that out there and I was able to get something out in the market and start like testing it and like just doing as opposed oh, wow. to spending like six to twelve months or whatever four months or whatever amounts of money getting something really complex and like beautiful out there. Yeah. But that might, I, was, I wasn't in the market if I'm doing that, right? So yeah. it's just kind of like a balance of how to get things to things really quickly and yeah. like making it like good enough to get like actual information back if that's a valuable solution. No, that's, that's like super interesting, especially the part about how you put it all together with just plugins. That's uh... Did I get everything working with just WordPress plugins? Yeah. 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 So consulting Confidant, like almost completely no problems. And there were a couple weird things that I had to like be a little bit crafty about. So for example, WooCommerce as a plugin is meant for like a store. So like the like plugin, the way it integrated with the theme almost has like, imagine a store that just like sells a bunch of products. There's like a little box. There's like a page. It's like your store and you like click on all the different like pages, which like doesn't, it would look really weird if I had like just a bunch of like faces like all over the place. It didn't really like convey the right information. Yeah. So I just got really crafty and said, all right, I'm going to make, a, I'm going to make a page that I can structure the way I want to that has like the information that's relevant, like where they work, what the cost is, like what their expertise is, what they're doing now. And that was like totally separate from WooCommerce. And then when you press schedule a call, it like shot them over to the actual product page, yeah. totally bypassing the store, right? That like one like store layout page because the store layout page just didn't work. So I could have on one hand said like, oh, I'm going to change the store layout page, but that would have been a lot of work. So I just made a different page and just like bypassed the entire store layout page. That was one way of just being a little bit like, I'll say like kind of scrappy about how I did that. Um, that was, yeah, I think the other big change. That was really it. There were some like small things I had to just like change in like HTML and CSS, like really, really basic stuff. And I'm yeah. not a coder by any means. Yeah. But just like Googling things, I mean like, oh, so this is, this is how this little piece works and then kind of changing something around. Capacity tap was a little bit different, required a little bit more in-depth pieces, but like nothing really substantial. I mean, what I, kind of the, my approach is you say, okay, what is like the functionality that these themes or these plugins will give me? Yeah. And then getting a little bit creative of saying like, how can I use that plus like all the other things that are out there to like make this do what I want? And then also thinking about like, what do I need to do on the back end manually to make something work? And Using those things, it might not be scalable, but there's mm -hmm. a whole lot that you can do to test these out in the marketplace by just like, just being really scrappy about how you do it. Yeah, before you paying developers to make some custom solution for you. Exactly, exactly right. Like you'd be, it's amazing how much you can do with WordPress and WordPress plugins. And I'm sure with like other types of solutions that I'm less familiar with, but 
a lot of these problems, if you look at it like, these are like Lego blocks, right? Like these yeah, are all yeah. these different like Lego blocks and you can combine them in like different ways and then you can reskin things and create so much because what you're actually doing is the way you're positioning things and the way you're explaining things is um, provide like totally changing the value for it, right? Yeah. Like if there's something that's like, they get like a building, right? You have like a, a storefront, like you can do almost anything in that storefront. That's like the basic building block. And then you yeah. kind of put the other stuff in it. And you look at a website like that too, like there's all these different functionality that you can get at the end of the day is very similar to something that's already been built. And then you just repackage it in a way that adds so much more value than what was done before. And it's just applying to a different like perspective, like a different group or a different like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think I definitely think you can use that. Your, you know, put together your own solution for quite a, quite a while into a business until you're getting, you know, a lot, plenty of revenue to pay for developers. So, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Um. So I only had a couple more questions for you. Uh, one of the big ones was, where do you see, you know, the consulting industry going in ten years, and where do you see consulting confidant going in like five, ten years? Yeah, I mean, I think one interesting trend that I've seen with overall, like from a broad like perspective, I mean, like consulting is like continuing to grow. It's like a really interesting, exciting market. I mean, if you think about like flexible labor forces, like the needs, like get specialized expertise into a business temporarily, and then like back out of it without having to worry about like hiring full-time employees. I mean, that's an exciting part of the market that's like continuing to be highly valuable. Yeah. One thing that I'm seeing that's a little bit different is there's seeming to be a lot more like investment in specialized expertise, whether it's like very specialized industry expertise, functional expertise, analytical expertise, because mm -hmm. as things are getting so much more complex and fast moving, consulting firms I think are like rightly so building out a lot more very specific and unique capabilities in these areas, right? Like I think gone are the days where someone comes in and it's just like talking about like high level strategy and like helping people think through things and then that's enough. Now it's a lot more like thought on how do they apply different like best in class solutions in different like niche parts of like different parts of the industry as well as like, I think that's probably one trend. The second one is kind of focusing more on like implementation and execution. I think previously there was, it was kind of acceptable to like just give like a present a strategy deck and like let companies kind of do with it, whatever they want. Um, they found that wasn't as good to get like the actual results they wanted to. I mean, it happens a lot, but I think now there's been a much more focus on like enablement and like execution. I think it's a good move. Um, there's probably two big areas. I'd say for consulting confidant, I think it's continuing to do, you know, being open to where we can add value and keep testing things. Mm -hmm. I think the probably more joint venture, uh, not like just partnerships, I think is probably a big next step for consulting confidant. Um, working on kind of partnering with uh, Fast Math, uh, the Ace the Case project um ace the case course to get them and kind of help uh kind of help provide that to some people who are found consulting confidant because it's a really great solution for learning math yeah. uh case math i'd say the second thing is looking to resume reviews and having a partnership with that so just taking what we have right now and and, and growing it more and providing more uh more opportunities to add a lot of value nice yeah, it sounds like there'd be a lot of different uh, different ways you can take that. But yeah, resume, resume being a partnerships definitely, definitely would work. Um, that's exciting. Uh, so I think the last question I had really is just, is there anything that I should have asked you or you want to talk about that I didn't? Oh, wow. That's a great entrepreneurial question. I love that one. <laughs> No, not, not really. I mean, I think, um, I think the really big thing is, um, 
put yourself out there and do things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if like kind of thinking of this audience as people who have entrepreneurial aspirations, um, a lot of times, like it's such, it's so appealing to stay on the sidelines and like want everything to be perfect and to think through all the different things. And sometimes you just need to say, you know what, like I'm just going to put something out there and go ahead and do it. And like, you know, come what may, like, you know, people are going to like, you know, people are going to like shit on you sometimes, especially if you're <laughs> on the internet and on YouTube. Yeah. I've had plenty of like YouTube comments, like yeah. just making fun of every single part of what I'm just doing. Yeah. And you know, you just say like, look, I'm, yeah, I'm doing something that's interesting. I'm like adding value to people. I know that I'm adding value to people because yeah. you get some of those talks of people, like people now like reach out to me and say like, hey, I'm now at BCG Bain, McKinsey, and like your services, either your core, combination of your course and like the mentorship from like the mentors, like help me get this role. And yeah. that is like super appealing. And that if you're doing something where like those success stories, like really are meaningful to you, that would be so much bigger than like people who just like are angry or like whatever, <laughs> think it's really funny to like make fun of you. Yeah, <laughs> like, just which is funny, there's like some pretty funny Yeah, so you'll just get, so like the big advice is like, just go ahead and do it and like, who cares, right? Like there was a really funny one. It was probably one of my favorite things that I saw on our site, on the YouTube yeah. channel, yeah. was like a debate about like how consulting is like way too easy of a problem and like if you really want to do like real intellectual challenges like yeah. you should do quantum physics <laughs> like, there was a whole debate on the site about this because they're related. Well, not our site it was on our youtube channel yeah and it was like hilarious and amazing so like there's a lot of funny things that are going to happen like yeah. people will make fun of you sometimes for like being out there some people are not some people are going to not like your product some people are going to love your product but don't let that reality of like things happening, like make you not do something like, yes, yeah. you can take more time to get things more buttoned up and like do things better. But like sometimes just get it out there, like get in the marketplace, get that feedback and then make it better and keep improving on it. Because now you're not only improving things based upon your own thinking, you're improving things based upon a combination of your own thinking and what like real customers are saying. And that kind of makes it just much more highly valued as opposed to being in your own head and figure out how to improve things just from that 